0: You are listening to Keystone's Stock Talk Podcast, episode 17. Today we have a packed show, beginning with a preview of our upcoming cash-rich, profitable Canadian small cap special report. We will chat about why we look at cash-rich stocks and what clients will find in the report. In our Your Stock Our take segment, we will look at profitable Canadian success story, a true microcap, pioneering technologies, PTE on the TSX venture, one of the best performing stocks on the venture last year. We will review whether or not it is poised for further growth in 2017 and beyond. Our star of the week is a recommendation from less than one year ago in our U.S. growth stock research, Applied Optoelectronics, AAOI on the NASDAQ, And finally, our dog is U.S. small cap SEMTREX, C-E-T-X on the NASDAQ, which was subject to a controversial short report this past week. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone's senior equity analyst, a father of one, and a man who was so impressed with former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney's serenade rendition of When Irish Eyes Are Smiling to Donald Trump this past week, that he is thinking of taking up singing lessons himself. We welcome Mr. Aaron Dunn.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just just heard about this. So Brian Mulroney serenaded Donald Trump at a at a charity event. I'm um, I'm sure that that was a sight.
0: Uh, apparently, to, he has a, a, a lovely voice. A lovely yeah.
1: voice. Well, I've yes. also heard that you've you now have his voice as your ringtone on your on your iPhone. So.
0: Uh, why would I not why, why would not? I had I had you know I had to take the Donald off there after I, I finally I heard this lovely voice of our frame our former prime minister and how proud I was to have it on there and I'm keeping it.
1: Beautiful beautiful well on to slightly more important things Slightly. Uh, so Ryan, I'm sure everyone would be interested in knowing that we are releasing our 2017 cash rich report next week. We put this report out every year, and and looking at the at the performance from last year, um, all three of the full recommendations in the report were were well above last year's recommendation price now, and impressively as well, four out of the seven special situations companies that we highlighted in last year's report have actually been taken out over the past year. Acquired yeah, for- over the past yeah. year.
0: It's tremendous. Uh, first off, we've been very proud of what we've been able to achieve with this report over the past five years since its inception. Uh, again, last year, like Aaron said, three of the recommendations uh, performed very well, uh, all three of them. And there were four takeovers from the seven special situations. And this really, I, can, I think it really proves that we're identifying some real value here in, in the underfollowed areas that we're looking at, which is one of the goals. Um, and there's not just been four takeovers in the history of the sport. There's been about 25 now over the past five years. So, you know, we are definitely finding some underfollowed value and identifying it before uh, the broader market, which is uh, the goal. And uh, like I said, it is rewarding to do that. And, and I think my family thinks it better be because um, it's a fairly involved process to put this report together. It typically takes around three and a half months, and we read over 3,000 annual reports, alienating friends and family, and we dismiss over 98% of the stocks we encounter. Then we conduct management interviews, uh, compose summary reports on, in this case, 50 individual cash-rich, profitable Canadian small-cap stocks, and make a couple specific recommendations. So you might ask, you know, what we're looking for. What is our basic, very basic criteria for this report? Well, there's three things. Uh, First is the stocks have to have greater than 5% of their market cap in net cash. So that's cash after the debt. Number two, we define our Canadian small cap universe as Canadian listed stocks with a market cap of under $1 There are a couple exceptions for companies that have been in the report uh, for a number of years and have grown above that. But, you know, we keep it to new companies under a billion, slanted towards the lower end of that range. And number three would be each stock had to produce positive cash flow over the past 12 months, or at least have a history of producing positive cash flow.
1: Okay, interesting. So... So the companies that you're looking at, obviously, the profitability criteria and then at least 5% of their market capitalization in net cash. And and a lot of the companies, of course, have a lot more than 5%. Some have 30% or more of the market capitalization just in net cash. But maybe you can tell... Uh, listeners, why this actually matters as, as an investment, because I've actually heard a lot of people say things along the side, along the lines of, oh, well, it, it doesn't matter. Look at the cash in the company's balance sheet, because as an investor, you don't actually have access to that cash, to your proportional share of that cash. So just explain to people why why it actually matters.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point. It's, I'm glad you point out that we're not just looking at companies with gobs of cash sitting in the bank account, because there are companies out there with cash, and they're not profitable or not adding to that cash flow. For we're looking at cash rich companies that are profitable and best case scenario they're growing that cash position over time through internally generated cash flow but you know why we like cash rich stocks you know they're not the only type of stock we like but a couple of the reasons are in boom times you know cash generating stocks can make have made acquisitions or can make early acquisitions increase dividends which so they can pay that cash back to you and invest in growth without diluting shareholders. They can make those acquisitions out of the cash on hand rather than going to the market, issuing shares and diluting existing shareholders potentially. Now in downturns, you have boom times, but you always have downturns in the stock market as well. Uh, on, On the flip side, debt heavy stocks can experience pressure even paying the interest on loans on their debt and often shares in these businesses if they can't pay that or service that debt are sold down to pennies on the dollar. So not only are cash generating stocks with zero debt able to withstand these recessionary pressures because they've got that very strong balance sheet, they can profit from downtimes. They can swoop in uh, and purchase great assets when they are on sale and position themselves for long term growth. So those are some of the reasons why we love companies with good balance sheets. And what comes with a good balance sheet is a good cash position.
1: Good, good. Can you just quickly tell people what's going to be included in this year's report?
0: Yes, it's uh, the typical structure. But we look at uh, full recommendations on approximately 10 of these stocks that are in our coverage right now currently uh, in the report. So we'll have updates on all of those. We're going to highlight some uh, companies in our cash-rich monitor list we call it our monitor list for 2017 stocks that are, were waiting potential entry positions through the course of 2017 there's a number of special situations again this year that's what we talked about last year there were seven in there four of them were taken out these are kind of higher risk high potential reward very much orphaned or under situations that we highlight to our clients uh, we provide full recommendations on any cash-rich small cap stock that is in our focus buy portfolio. And finally, three to four new buy recommendations from the over 3,000 stocks that we reviewed. Well, that's I'm
1: sure a lot of people are looking forward to that, certainly anybody who got the report last year.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to releasing that for sure. And uh, and, uh, we'll uh, comment on that in our chat session next week, and in the coming weeks, we'll discuss the companies. Excellent. So we're going to move to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Uh, this week, we have a listener question on a company called Pioneering Technology Corporation. The symbol is PTE TS, on the TSX Venture. The company is based in Ontario. It is, calls itself an energy smart technology company and North America's leader in the innovative, cook, innovative cooking fire prevention technology market. Uh, This company's patented technologies and products address a multi-billion dollar problem, which is cooking fires. According to the National Fire Protection Association, stovetop cooking is the number one cause of household fires and fire injuries in North America. 48% of all household fires uh, are started by, essentially, stovetop cooking. Pioneer's temperature-limiting control technology is now installed on approximately 200,000 multi-resident housing units across North America without a single cooking fire being reported and delivered, a return on investment for its customers. Now, Pioneering has proprietary cooking and fire potential solutions, including its trademark safety element, smart burner, which is the main product line, range minder, and safety sensor for the majority of more than 140 million stoves and ranges and 140 million microwave ovens throughout America. So the stock has been one of the best performing names on the Venture Exchange over the past year. Let's look into why. The financial performance over the past 12 months, uh, earnings, or sorry, revenue was up around 51% to 6.6 million from 4.3. That was led by the Smart Burner product, which increased, saw, saw, Strong increases in both Canada and the U.S. Net income, if we exclude non-cash related um, items, was around 1.3 million, or around 3.1 cents per diluted share. That is up tremendously from almost a break-even, or 175,000, made in the same period of 2015. Adjusted EBITDA was up 158% to 1.6 million. Perhaps most importantly, the company believes it is well positioned to continue to grow into 2017. We'll look at the valuations here, now where the stock is now and look going forward based on its underlying financial performance. Pioneering has produced tremendous growth over the past three years. But with just 6.64 million in annualized revenue, it does remain a true microcap stock, and we have to remember that. The company now has a market cap after its share price has increased significantly in the range of $51 million and trades at around 41 times 2016 earnings, which is a rich multiple. Now, management is expecting growth in 2017, but we do not have concrete guidance to go on. Even if the company were to double earnings from the $0.03 range right now to $0.06 next year, which is a difficult feat for any operation, the stock would be trading at a forward P.E. of around 20, which is higher than the average market P.E. Now, this would not be incredibly overvalued, but it would not suggest an undervalued stock. We must also factor in the fact that the company is not paying any tax at present, and while it holds significant loss carry forwards, this does not continue forever, so we cannot factor in uh, a no tax situation uh, on into the future. We see Pioneering as a very well run company with potential growth ahead of it, but the stock appears fully valued at least at present and is vulnerable to a correction if it faces any quarterly hiccup near and midterm and trades at premium multiples at present. So we're monitoring the situation, but we're not a buyer and we would not be adding to positions at this stage. as. Everything has to continue to grow at a tremendous rate in this company going forward to it to backfill earnings and, and, and stay at the current price.
1: This is, this is a good teaching point, actually, because the, it comes up quite a lot where you, you'll find a company we'll find a company or someone will bring a company to us where the, the business is, is, looks good, the growth is excellent, but it's, it's, it's a great company. It's an excellent company, but it's, it's not a good price. And in in our line of research, GARP growth at a reasonable price, we, we want to find the high quality businesses, but we don't want to overpay for them And, and overpaying for a company just brings on a, a whole different type of risk. So there's there's financial risk that they're not going to be able to grow or that they're not going to be profitable. And then there's valuation risk that all of a sudden the market will decide that you know 20 or 30 percent growth in earnings per share is not good enough for a you know 40, 50. Priced earnings multiple stock, and 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 the company will go down in price. So certainly, when you invest and you're price sensitive, sometimes you will miss opportunities, some growth opportunities. But you also you also manage risk by doing that. And I think in the long run, across all of the companies that you invest in over the years, certainly we've we've been better off for for maintaining that discipline.
0: I think it's a great summary. Uh, and now we're going to move to our stars and dogs segment. And Aaron's going to kick it off with our Dog of the Week. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Dog.
1: Yeah, so the Dog of the Week. So this is a company called Semtrex. It trades on the NASDAQ exchange down in the U.S. The symbol is CETX, and it's trading for just over $4 uh, today. So Semtrax provides custom engineered electronics, emission monitors, instruments for industrial processes and environmental control and air filtration systems, usually for industrial companies and utilities. The stock was on an absolute tear, doing great um, in the market until just recently, actually about a year ago or a year ago, it was trading just over $2. It hit a high of $8 at the start of this year and was trading at about $6 at the start of the week. But... Since Wednesday, the stock has dropped 30%. So, so what happened? Um, on Wednesday, a short report was released on seeking, the Seeking Alpha website containing a number of allegations, including various types of financial fraud committed by the company, undisclosed payments to stock promoters, and undisclosed sales uh, of shares by insiders of the company, including the company's founder. So the company immediately issued a press release disputing the allegations, state, stating that they were that the company is pursuing legal action against the short report writer, and confirming, amongst other things, that the founder has not sold any shares in the company, in in um, for years essentially. So Ryan, you, you know we've we've seen this type of story play out many many times in the past. A short report is released on a company, and the stock price just basically gets smashed, and sometimes. There's some credibility behind these reports, and sometimes it, it, there's there's almost really no credibility behind the report or the information, but typically just the very mention of this type of impropriety... Um, scares investors away from what from the company that, that that's being reported on. And, and for, for people that are unaware, a, a short report is is essentially a research report. It's like the opposite of the type of research report that we would like. Instead of writing a research report on a company that you think is going to grow and that you want to buy, you write a, com- a research report on a company that you think is overvalued or in many cases committing financial fraud and is going to decline in price or even go down to zero. So you're essentially saying people should sell the company or short the company and this is something that we've seen happen quite a bit in the market over recent years. There's been some, some large companies that this has happened to, um, a notable one several years back with Sinoforest, and there's been several smaller ones. But as I said, often the credibility of these reports varies a lot, but it, it, it sometimes doesn't matter. Usually these reports are very long and they contain not just one or two accusations against the company, but, but several different accusations. And this is, really makes the information more difficult to verify, and honestly, I doubt that most people actually read the information and follow up on the data. I think that it really becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy whether or not um, the information is credible or not. It, it doesn't matter. People just get scared, and they, they've seen companies with short reports issued in the past absolutely collapse in the market, and and they don't want to be involved in that. So. I have not personally read this report. I may take a look at it over the next few days, um, but I think that regardless of how credible the report looks, it really creates an overhang on the stock. If we we look at the financials of SEMTREC, so earnings per share in the last quarter were up 56%. Um, they were up 50% last year over the year before, and right now the stock is trading about six to seven times earnings since the decline. So fundamentally, the numbers look very good. and it could be something to look at almost as a speculation at this point. Um, so we, we may decide to take a, a, a look at it, but the risk would be incredibly high and it's, it's generally not the best strategy to, to, to rush into something like this, unless you really feel, you really feel, you know, the company um, and, and the products a lot better than whoever is, is writing the short report. And, and you have a lot of confidence that, that, Regardless of what happens, even if the share price is going to remain depressed for a couple of years until all of this gets itself worked out, you have confidence that the company is going to continue to produce cash flow. Um, because even if the the contents of the short, the short report are completely not true, if it hinders the company's ability to go back to the market and raise money, and they are dependent on raising that money, it could mean the end of that company, even if the company is, is not guilty of any of the improprieties. So that's something that you have to consider. And, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's generally, it's, it's generally a pretty risky way of investing to, to run after this kind of stuff, but it's something, you know, you can always take a look at it and, and, and see, see what happens. But in, in right now, we, we wouldn't be advising people to rush in. It's, it's not that we think that the company is necessarily a dog at all. Financially, it looks great, but, but the stock right now is a dog, um, until, you know, some more information comes out.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a great summary again, but uh, there's two types of short reports that we see, and, and one can serve a very useful purchase, and, and that's a credible short report that is actually uh, uncovering fraud, and, and, you know, and, and that can serve a very useful purpose in the market. Uh, the other can be a very optimist, opt- opportunistic type report that is for the sole gain uh, of the short report writer. Uh, and their business itself is just looking at uh, at a report and producing a report that uh, causes confusion around the valuation for a particular stock and causes chaos and market carnage, and uh, that's what the report writer profits from. Now we have no specific knowledge into this writer or um, whether this is uh, the credible version of a short report. Uh, that has vetted out fraud because they are cl- claiming fraud here in this short report, or whether it is an opportunistic report or a combination of both. Um, it can be unfortunate if it is just an opportunistic report and it can be a long term opportunity. But right now, um, it is, you know, it already has caused this stock to be a dog and we would stay away from it unless we had intimate knowledge of this company. Uh, and had been following it for years, new management very well, uh, and then we would stick behind the story. Uh, this is not a company that we have recommended in the past. We haven't done our full due, full due diligence on the company. So we would just stay away, uh, maybe look at it further, and, and watch the situation and see how it plays out, and potentially there's an opportunity down the road. But um, if it is a credible short report and they have unearthed fraud, then, then good on them. It definitely has produced our dog of the week, though. Now we're going to move to our star. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. And we have a real treat for you this week in our star coverage. We do not often include a company in the current coverage, but the gains in the stock over the past, well, year to date, really, and over the past year Uh, We're too difficult to ignore. It's from our US small cap growth stock research, and we present applied optoelectronics AAOI on the NASDAQ The company is a leading provider of fiber optic network products for internet data center cable broadband and fiber to home markets Today the company or yesterday after market the company announced its fourth quarter and year-end results for 2016 the stock early this morning jumped over 30% to $48.50. The company has now gained 108% year-to-date in 2017 alone and is up 205% over the past year. All three of the company's end markets are driven by bandwidth demand fueled for the growth of network-connected devices that include video traffic, cloud computing and online social networks. So some of the biggest growth drivers on the internet today. What is driving the growth and what was announced yesterday that made the stock jump 30% today? Well, if we look at the company's fourth quarter, revenues increased 60% to 85 million. Non-GAAP net income was up to 84 cents per share from 22 cents in the same period last year, or sorry, Yeah, from 22 cents in the same period last year. So, tremendous growth in terms of uh, earnings in that quarter. Perhaps most importantly, though, is growth is projected to stay strong well into the next quarter. Its business outlook for the next quarter revenues will be in the range of 87 to 91 million. That would beat this past quarter, which was an all time record for the company at 84.9 million. Uh, The company is looking for non-GAAP net income to be between 80 and 88 cents, which would likely beat this last quarter, this qu- fourth quarter again, which was a record for the company. So you're looking at strong growth going into the next quarter. That's what's really driving that 30% jump again in the stock price and the 105% rise year to date. Uh, now, what, what is driving that growth in the business though? Well, AAOI is the majority market share supplier to two of the largest hyperscale data center customers in the world. That would be Amazon and Microsoft, the two largest and rapidly growing cloud computing players. In a, a recent presentation, the company stated that it is in the early stages of also doing business with a new data center customer. It acquired in the third quarter of this past year. That customer is widely believed to be Facebook. So AAOI has stated that it is ramping up to critical mass with this newest customer and that would likely smooth out some of the normal quarterly lumpiness that it's seen with its two largest customers within and generate strong and likely sustained upward growth trend. Now the stock is up more than 200% since our original recommendation last year. Midterm, the growth however trajectory, trajectory appears bright and we continue to like it uh, mid to long term, despite the fact that it has had a 200% rise uh, since we recommended it around this time last year.
1: Ryan, I'd like you to just talk briefly as well uh, about when we first recommended the company, because when we recommended it about a year ago, shortly after that, there was, there was some volatility in the share price and, and the stock price went down. So Yeah, it, it,
0: it's, it, it's a great point and it, it kind of serves as a teaching point that We really don't look, you know, one week to two months to three months or even a year. We look at least a year to five years out on a stock when we make an investment. So when we originally recommended this company around this time last year, it was around the $15 range. They came out with a quarterly miss. Now, it was a miss, and their guidance going forward still was strong, but they missed in that quarter. So the share price dropped, actually, to $9. And, I, I mean... We got a lot of emails from clients at that time and phone calls uh, you know, saying, what is going on with the stock? And I, I definitely understand at that point because it is scary to see you know, your share price drop from 15 to $9 within a week period. Well, the business was still strong. They still had those two large hyperscale data center customers in Amazon and Microsoft. Uh, the guidance had always been for lumpiness on a quarterly basis. Uh, until they gained uh, more customers and smoothed out those uh, quarterly fluctuations. Well, they more than made up for that miss in the in the last three quarters of this past year and going into the first quarter of this year. So the stock has you know, been a tremendous winner for us, but it shows that, you know, a company isn't just a quarter. A company is what it does year over year more than just on a quarterly basis. So that was a tremendous opportunity to buy the shares actually at a discount. And uh, we're happy that we continued our, our buy recommendation on the stock and uh, have reiterated that several times since. And the stock has been, like I said, a tremendous performer. But it, it, it teaches investors that, you know, we're not looking at just a month out, or the next quarter, we're looking at what the company will do. Uh, you know, one to five years out, and uh, on that time horizon, Applied Optoelectronics has been a star for us in our portfolio. Excellent. Yes, well, and I'd like to uh, thank you again, Aaron, for uh, for hosting with me again this week. And uh, I'd encourage all listeners to send in. Uh, their stocks for us to review in the, your stock, our take segment, we'll look at any, uh, small cap stock or dividend paying stocks that we cover, uh, as well. So encourage you to send those in to, uh, either email us or or send them in on Twitter and keep following us on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, as always profitable investing,
1: profitable investing.
0: Thank you.